You're listening to the Epically Geeky Show, a place for all things geeky. Welcome out to the Epically Geeky Show, episode number 140. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, we've got a full crew. We've got uh, Joseph, Sean, Chris, and Ray. How's everyone doing? Excellent. Good. Uh, it is the day after Christmas, after we are recording this. Um, we could have probably done this a little sooner after the season finale, but we were trying to give a couple of our other members time to join us, uh, but it didn't happen. So it, it is what it is. It's fine. They'll just have to, you know, finally get caught up on this fabulous show and uh, listen to the episode and talk to us about it. So uh, that being said, uh, as you I'm sure you can read from the title. This is our The Mandalorian Season 2, not recap, but our discussion of it. We have not done an episode like this for a TV series. We have done it for several movies, a lot of the big tentpole movies, the Star Wars movies, a couple of the uh, Marvel movies. Uh, but this is the first TV series that we've ever done this with. Um, if there's another, I'm sure we will probably continue to do this for The Mandalorian and with some of the other shows. Who knows? We may have to do that for, you know, this, for, uh, for those as well. So, um, anyway, so let's go ahead and jump into our opening question, uh, which apparently just happened like two <laughs> seconds ago. Um, so what, what's, uh, like I said, it's the day after Christmas. Uh, what was your favorite thing that you got for Christmas, Ray? Ah, <laughs> jerk. Uh, <laughs> Um, you asked for an opening question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just kidding around, though. <laughs> Were you, though? <laughs> yeah, I was. Mm. Uh, other than The Mandalorian Season 2, uh, like, that was a great Christmas gift. Um, uh, there's so many. You know what? Uh, honestly, it was it was watching the kids open their gifts this year. Like, it was, uh, that was pretty cool. So, uh, awesome. that's got to be it. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Way. Uh, so, well, Logan cried when we, when she, when we got the gift. Like happy she, tears. Happy tears. She did, wasn't expecting it. It totally threw her for a loop and she cried. So yeah. that was, and we got a video of it and I've yeah. watched it six times already. So, yeah. um, that was pretty awesome. And then your book. Well, I got two Harry Potter collectible books. So that's pretty cool. I'm awesome. Yeah. 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 What about you, Sean? Uh, that's tough. I uh, Each of the kids, they got me uh, a season of Picard, which I can't wait to like watch <laughs> all the special features and all that. Oh, nice. And season two of Discovery, which something else can't wait to watch the special features. And, and then my daughter got me this marble wooden puzzle race thing, parkour course. And I love putting it together. That's uh, I was doing that for a couple hours, but my hands are so big. They're like <laughs> these little wooden pieces. And I'm like, Deb's like, oh, I can give you tweezers. And I'm like, that's not going to help. You got to jam these things together. I'm like, yeah. So, but, no, I love everything. Deb got me like two things of artwork this year. And I'm like, they're like Christmas paintings and one lights up. And like, it's so cool. It's like the best Christmas. <laughs> nice. Awesome. What about you, Joseph? Uh, I'd have to say probably the turtle clown. That was really, really, Elaine like knocked it out of the park with that. That was really freaking cool. You mean this thing? Yeah. <laughs> if you're watching yeah. the video version, you can see it. Um, yeah. So, uh, quick story on that. Uh, uh, Joseph had, 
brought me his original one, which is sitting over here, and it's kind of somewhat gutted, and it didn't work, and I tried to fix it for him. I like I spent a long time trying to fix it, but the board that came with it, actually, I've got it here. If you're not watching the video version, you're getting, you're not getting a treat here. Uh, it was like really messed up. The board just was screwed up, and I could not figure out the electronics on it. I tried several different things, and I finally broke down. I was just like, dude, I've been trying to do this for you for months. I cannot get it to work. And he's like, dude, I understand. It's fine or whatever. So, um, And then Laney got him one, and it said working condition and everything, but apparently the guy had left batteries in it, and he's like, oh, it must have just happened. No, it didn't just happen. This has happened for a while. <laughs> but taking it apart... It looks like I can reconstruct the board, so I may actually even be able to clean all the corrosion out of it. I'm going to give that a shot. But um, I think I can get the board out, and now that I know how to design circuit boards, I may just go ahead and redesign some circuit boards for it. So, of course, we've also had some uh, conversations about what if we made a larger version of it and, like, gutted a cheap Amazon walkie-talkie and actually made it a comp. <laughs> so that, would that, be might cool. be, that might be happening in the near future, too. We'll have to see. Um. For, as for me, the the best gift I got um, is uh, my wife totally surprised me. We had put, you know, we usually always put a spending limit as to how much we're going to spend on each other for this year, and she went way overboard because she got me a um, uh, resin 3D printer. So um, I'm super excited to use it because I'm going to be able to do some really awesome things with it. I just have to wait for the resin to get here Tuesday because apparently it doesn't ship with any. So, um, <laughs> no fault of hers. I didn't realize it either. Like I literally put it on my Christmas wish list and it was just like, okay, yeah, this is a lark. This is not going to happen. And it did. So, um, I'm excited to actually, you know, get to be able to get, you know, be able to get to use it. So, uh, pretty decent Christmas, uh, all things considering. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that being said, I, I will say though the, the actual gift that I I got that is my favorite is probably the the blueprints of the DeLorean because that's that's freaking awesome. Oh, those were awesome. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, had to throw that one in there. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I had actually said this beforehand, right after uh the season finale of uh, season two of the Mandalorian, I think I put on our back channel. Um, um I'm like if. If I don't get anything else, like, this is the best Christmas gift yep. I've gotten. Like, this is <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to hand and jump in here. I actually forgot to mention this before we started the show. I went through and took some notes on each episode. Uh, I know in our in our book club we've gotten to the point where we don't go through things, um, you know, all the way through like we used to. Uh, I think considering this is a series, though, we probably should take it kind of episode by episode because it does lead into other things. Plus – Going back and making notes for this, there's a lot of stuff I forgot. Like it's just like, oh yeah, that happened. Uh, so this season was just phenomenal. Like I, I loved season one, and season two just, in my opinion, completely blew it out of the water. Like it was it, every time, almost every single episode, it just had something absolutely fantastic happening. So, um, with I that being like said, say, if, yeah. if you don't mind me interjecting, looking at that first episode. The way that happened and then the way it ended, there, I could, I didn't see that arc ending the no. way it did. No, I didn't yeah. either. Uh, we had there were rumors before the season started of things like we might see some characters from, um, you know the 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 previous cartoons show up, but it wasn't nothing was certain. 
Um, you know, there was there was there was you know a bunch of rumors flying around who might be you know make a cameo and, and this that and the other and uh, but yeah, it it they they managed to stay very tight lipped all the way up to the point that the episodes come out so that it was literally like. Oh, okay, so that that was a thing, but it was never certain. Like there was never ever a leak of, you know, so and so is definitely going to be in this week's episode or whatever. So, um, so that being said, uh, one of the things that we were talking about before the episode is just how funny it is. Uh, so it's season two, episode one, chapter nine. Uh, so the chapters kind of throw everything off, you know, in the in the season by episode thing, but it is what it is. So, uh, the first episode we got of the season is the Marshall. Uh, written and directed by John Favreau. Uh, so it starts off with this underground fight, and the Mandalorian and the baby are literally like strolling up into this. Well, it's it's basically like a, a pit fight or whatever. And um, he's asking for information. He wants to find information on other Mandalorians, and he's asking kind of the guy who's in charge there, uh, who was voiced by uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, that's who that was. Oh, cool. That was John Leguizamo. Um, and during the fight that he literally like shoots one of the fighters and then everyone turns on Mando and they're like, well, we're going to take your armor now. And that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then he ends up stringing him up outside with these like very, you know, awesome, scary looking creatures, basically just left them to him. And, uh, he tells him, you know, there's, there's, you know, there are other Mandalorians, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, he goes off and a very strong start to the season. Uh, it was very much reminiscent. He was very hardcore in this, much like he was in the original season one episode, like where he cuts old boy in half. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see here. So uh, we go back to Tatooine um, and that's where he meets. Uh, well, he's he's asking about, you know, he's asking, you know, what's going on. You know, he needs he's trying to find someone that looks like me. And in strolls what looks like Boba Fett. And it's very it's so, obvious. For, something's yeah, off. something's yeah. off. It's not, it doesn't quite look right. And then he takes the helmet off and we're just like, are we going to say, oh, no, wait a minute. That's not Boba Fett. <laughs> That's Timothy Elephant. <laughs> yes, he's basically playing the same character he plays on everything, yes. which is awesome because yeah. he's got that shit down packed. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it takes Mando by surprise. He's like, first off, you took your helmet off. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but he's like, no, I'm not a Mandalorian. I basically, um, after the Empire fell, the town got overrun by slavers, and I managed to get away, and uh, a bunch of Jawas found me. And while I was in their sand crawler, I paid for this set of Mandalorian armor that I found, and then came back and proceeded, you know, proceeded to clean house uh, and, and became the marshal of this town. And, uh, uh, Den's just like, well, I'm taking the armor. He's like, well, how about, how about we work something out? And about that time when they, it looks like they might by chance throw down the crate dragon, a fucking underground, like, um, what is the movie with the, the um, tremors. tremors, tremors. Yes. Tremors. It's like yeah. a tremor, but like on steroids yeah. Yeah. literally so, goes through the town. The, the one that went through my mind was, uh, uh, Beetlejuice, the sandworms. sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Actually, yeah, maybe kind of closer to that, but so um, it goes through town, and he makes him a deal. He's like, "Hey, I'll just flat out give you the armor, no questions asked, if you help me kill this thing." Um, and so he decides, he's like, "Sure, okay, that's that's what we'll do." So 
they go. Uh, Den's on a speeding a speeder bike, and Cobb is on what looks like the remnant of one Rubik's. of Anakin's um, yeah. Yeah. pod racers. Pod racers. Pod racer, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they go out to meet the um, um, sorry, Sand People is derogative. What are they called again? Jawas. Tuscan Raiders. Tuscan Raiders, yes. Um, goes out and meets them. He's like, hey, what the hell are we doing? And he's like, we're gonna need their help. Like, if we're gonna kill this thing, we're gonna need all the help we can get. They'll do it. So they agreed. They go back to town, tell the townspeople, hey, if y'all want this thing killed, you know, because if we don't, it could easily like you know kill all the kids or whatever. So everyone's on board. And then they're like, we're gonna have to work with Tuscan Raiders. Um, they're not sure about this. They're not really happy about what's going down. Uh, there's definitely some friction. And then they all line up, single file, and go to the Crate Dragon's, uh, um, base or whatever. And there we have this huge, like, setup battle or whatever. Um, any thoughts? Anything in particular that kind of stood out to you? For the episode itself or just? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the battle or anything. So, um, for me, I I like first of all that they added um, um, sign language into the sand. Oh yes, the, the Tuscan Raiders, right? The Tuscan Raiders. I, I do like that they've done that. Uh, and then the other thing too, the I I think I was watching. So there's another YouTube channel I watch. He's called the Hockey Guy, and then he's got another channel called the Entertainment Guy. And he said this, and I agree with him. It would have been just to add a little bit more to the Tuscan Raiders, um, uh, you know, y- you want to buy into them being a people. Uh-huh. Uh, it would have been nice to see Grogu actually use his powers to save them, and then that would have taken him out of the fight. Uh-huh. Right, because, you know, maybe when the thing first goes after him, he puts like a force, or like pulls him away or something, and then... At that point, he he's out of the fight because he's tired, and we know he he gets tired whenever he uses the force. So that would have been kind of cool to see, just so that you gotta get a little bit more towards the the Tuscan Raiders. But other than that, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good to to see them all fight together, and uh, maybe maybe set it up a little bit better so you're not running away from the thing as it's <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> the um. Yeah, because number one, Grogu doesn't really do anything the entire mm-hmm. episode, and that was a complaint that a lot of people had. That you know, are they are they kind of downplaying him? Like, what's going on here? Like, he didn't use the Force at all. But um, I'm like you, going back and looking at, um, seeing that the sand, you know, the sand people, that the Tuscan Raiders are like people, like they have a language and they're not just flat out barbarians. Going back and watching, you know, the original trilogy, it really paints Anakin in even a worse light. It's like, oh, well, you didn't kill a bunch of people that were just, you know, like... Savages. Bad savages. Yeah. You didn't kill a bunch of savages. You just flat out killed a bunch of people. Period. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting how a lot of the stuff that they're adding, especially in this series, is going... is. Um, going back and painting things either lighter or darker. And I think kind of emphasizing what they were originally were trying to go for and maybe didn't quite get across. So I liked how they, uh, brought in Cobb from the aftermath series. Yes. He's bringing in the books as well. Like you don't know what's going to be retconned into this series now to make it all legit. Yeah. That was the first thing that hit me. 
and I wasn't sure it was him at first. I was just like, is this is this the same yeah. story as in from Aftermath, Aftermath? And then sure enough, I was like, oh hell yeah, it's it's Cobb Vanth. Yeah. That's awesome. So, because we get this, we get a story in the Aftermath books of um, it's there's several little kind of side stories, and the side story is the um, the Beastmaster that you know was crying after Luke kills the the um uh, what's it called the thing in in Jabba's palace. You know, he's, you know, the big heavy guy that starts crying. Yeah. Like, they find him, like, out and like out and about. He has no, he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't have anywhere to do, go. He doesn't have anything to do. And these guys basically show up and are, like, basically going to kill him. And then Cobb Vanth shows up and saves him. And was like, hey, if you're going to, if you're willing to work and you're willing to contribute to the town, come with us. Come live with us. It's cool. So, yeah, it was, it was very cool to see him show up. So, um yeah, definitely pulling in stuff from all series. Like this is, I hope the other series that they have announced continue to do this, continue to make where it seems like it's kind of like a patchwork of different things. Like it's kind of, we're getting some unity throughout everything. So, um, I like the battle. I thought the battle was really cool. I, I thought the the special effects on the crate dragon looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, man, they, they it seems like they spent almost the entire budget of season one on season on episode one of this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, hope they're not going to run out of special effects, which they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sure Disney, after the success of season one, was just like, yeah, go ahead and just just go. Just yeah. tell yeah. it. Keep, yeah, keep... We'll, we'll write the check. So I need John. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then at the end of the episode, they end up killing the crate dragon. Uh, I don't know this. I just heard it from other stuff. They find a large pearl inside the crate mm-hmm. dragon. Apparently, mm-hmm. that so. is pulling from other stuff as well. So, um, but he gives him he gives him the uh, oh that was the other fun thing was um, he offered to, to Cobb was going to go after the crate dragon and Den was like no I'm going to take it and then does the old oh hey I'm going to hit your backpack and kind of screw you up deal and it was like okay so. I don't know if that was to make it seem like, you know, Boba Fett dying in uh, Return of the Jedi was less comical, more comical, more in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I was just like, OK, that's a cool nod to that or whatever. Um, flies into the belly beast, kills the monster. And at the end of the show, we see him and Baby Yoda, uh, Baby Yoda uh, speeding off. And we see someone watching him, and when he turns around, it is – I cannot remember the name of the actor, but it's the guy who played uh, Django in the prequels and, of and course, all, all of the clones. Of the clones. Yep. Yes. Uh, so it's like, oh, no, there's Boba Fett. Um, so that was that was exciting. And it's like, okay, well, are we going to see more of Boba Fett? Uh, so, this is... so there were some other theories as well that it was – it may have been um... – a different clone and all that other stuff, but uh, I, I'm happier with what we got. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, and that's one of the interesting thing. Other things is the fact that ha- they have been able to keep things so hush hush that we do get that weekly amount of you know uh, um, discussion theories and discussions and stuff like that. So, and I, I was having a conversation with with Cyrus about that online. Um, I think some shows actually are written and do better if you can watch them all at once. Um, but I can definitely see the benefit in some cases of it week to week, as much as it sucks having to wait week to week, you mm-hmm. do at least get to have those weekly discussions. So, yeah. um, next season, by the way, I'm going to create a back channel just for whatever, 
<laughs> the show, and I'm just going to say, okay, this is going to be, you know, all spoilers and stuff. I'm yeah. not adding you to it unless you're going to keep up, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. If you check it and you get spoiled and you haven't watched it, that's your own fault. That's your own fault. Yep. <laughs> uh, so that moves us into season two, cha- uh, episode two, chapter 10, uh, The Passenger. Uh, this one was written by John Favreau. It's directed by Peyton Reed. He's the director. He's done a couple of other movies, including both Ant-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're pulling in some big guns on this one. Um, he actually uh, directs the uh, final episode of the season uh, as well, I believe. Um, yeah, he actually dire- directs the final episode as well this season. Um, opening up, and I completely forgot about this. We have some land pirates that set up a trap for Din and uh and uh Baby Yoda, and basically get him off of the speeder. And he starts dispatching them pretty quickly until one of them grabs the baby and tells him he wants the jetpack. Yep. <laughs> so he gives him the jetpack, yeah. and then he. Proceeds to fly off and then crash and die. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Didn't didn't uh, didn't he have a control of of it still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which so. was fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a, that was a great scene, the opening scene. So, um, so he gets back to uh he gets back to the port and um oh what is the name of that actor um she's a comedian oh she was in uh, season amy, one amy sedaris yes amy sedaris we meet up with her character again and she's uh yeah she's I in the most Eisley cantina and she's uh you know playing playing sabak with uh doctor what was the it was some kind of weird name it was like doctor insecticide or something it was weird <laughs> yeah. um and yeah, so she says, uh, yeah, there, you know, I, I know some place, I've heard of some place that have other people like you, other Mandalorians. Um, it's at this other place. Um, I need you to do me a favor though. Uh, I know, I know of someone who knows someone, so it's a friend of a friend situation, uh, that knows where there's some Mandalorians. Um, but I need you to take this lady with you. And she never gets an actual name. Everyone just calls her Frog Lady, and that's what we're going to go with as well as Frog Lady. And she has un- unfertilized eggs, and the unfertilized eggs, um, for whatever reason, can't go through hyperspace. You know, that's a nice little caveat. Um, so he's like, I have to travel all that way without going through hyper. So basically, this is going to be a long journey. And they're like, yeah. So that's 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 our thing for this episode. So he gets in the ship, and let's go ahead and cover this first. Um, the baby is sneaking the eggs and eating, <laughs> much like every other frog that he has come across yes. in this. Yep. There was a bunch of backlash online about this. Oh yeah. Well, I he's don't, still a t- he's, he's still a, a baby. baby right? What do babies do? They freaking stick everything in their mouths. And right. <laughs> shit, they're not supposed to. They right. Eat, they eat all sorts of stuff they're not so he thinks he's he wants to eat them, so he's gonna eat them. And yep. he's sneaking them. That's what little toddlers what do. do. That's what so as do. we're watching this, Nicholas, every time he gets closer, he's like, No, no, don't do it. Like Nicholas is <laughs> screaming at the screen for him to not eat not eat yeah. the eggs. Yeah. Um that's kind of tickling my funny bone is watching him and I'm just like, It's gonna be okay, it's gonna be okay. As long as he doesn't eat them all, it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um <laughs> Which obviously she knows what's going on because uh, you would think if they are that pressure a cargo, she could count. She would, she would, yeah, she'd be able to count. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
And it's not like she's some kind of backwater nobody that doesn't know anything because later in the episode, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so yeah. as we're flying around, we basically get space cops show up in the form of two X-Wing fighters. And that scene was fantastic because they're asking him for basically his license and registration. What are you doing? This, that, and the other. <laughs> and then you hear it when they go switch to channel two and you can't hear anything else. And obviously they're having a conversation and then the X foils open up and you're just like, Oh shit, it's about to go down. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so there's a bit, there's a chase scene and, uh, he manages to get away from them, but in the process crashes, uh, uh, the razor crest on this ice planet. And so he's in the process of trying to take care of this. And, um, they're cold. He's like, we're just going to have to kind of settle down for a little bit. Hopefully someone finds us. We're going to, you know, we're also going to have to work on some of this stuff. And, um, uh, the, the one droid that he had destroyed from season one, she manages to cobble back together and use it as a communicator and basically tells him, we can't stay here. Like my eggs are going to freeze. This is, this is the last of our, our kind. Like we have to do something. So he's like, all right, fine. I'll start working on the ship. So he's working on the ship. She decides to wander off and go take a hot bath in order to keep the eggs alive. Yeah, but it was a hot bath regardless. Yeah. (laughs) And we get yet more fun with baby Yoda trying to reach out for the egg. And he's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) We also also get what I thought were face huggers. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, basically, he sits down, and finds, ooh, look, this is a giant egg. I'll eat this one, and then, at, as you as that as it pulls back and you see him starting to open up, I just went. I'm pretty sure I went, oh shit. Uh, and the boys were like, what, what, Dad? <laughs> I'm like, this is not whatever it is in here. It is not going to be good. Which it turns out to be spiders, like space spiders. And then there come yeah. the bigger ones, and you're like, okay, so these are the babies. These are the these are the adults. Nope, that's not the adult. holy shit. And this giant. Space spider essentially um, starts chasing them. So we've got um, we've got Den and the baby and Frog Lady all running back to the Razor Crest. Um, now I just want to point this out. So Hasbro um, has an online, they're like their online store, Hasbro Pulse, where they do like specialty and more expensive toys and stuff. And one of the things they announced about this time is a. Um, Razor Crest, it's like three feet long. Like it's the Black Series, so like the characters will fit. It's like three feet long. This thing is going to be huge. It still hasn't shipped yet. It was like $350. I listened to this toy podcast and like the guy was so excited. He's like, oh my, I cannot wait to get my Razor Crest. Um, the events of this season, every time I listened to that episode, I can't, I was like, I can't wait to see what he says <laughs> now because this poor ship, it just is not, is not hanging in well. Um, so they get back to the ship and they're fighting them off. We got some cool action with the the um, with the torch or whatever because I'm sure at some point everyone's you know screaming at the screen you know use the flamethrower use the flamethrower and he does, um, and he almost gets off and then the giant spider jumps back on top and we think okay well I don't know how we're gonna get out of this one, and the X wings show up and basically kill all the spiders. And I love it, the fact that he gets out and he's like, am I under arrest? (laughs) And they're like, well, you should be, but it's a strange universe. And you kind of helped us out by, you know, capturing some people. So just keep your nose clean. And he's like, well, can you help me fix the ship? And they're like, no, no, we're not going to help you fix the 
and shit. And getting the X-Wings to fly off, and I'm like, wow, what a bunch of douches. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to change the dude's you know, spare tire, essentially? Um, I, I will say, I liked, uh, for that episode, I really liked how fast and what the ship looked like after the spiders had put their webs all through it. Like, yes. when, when Din, uh, Jin's going through it again and all, yeah, these spy webs are everywhere. I'm like, holy shit, they... They acted fast. <laughs> yeah, they messed that ship up. Um, in fact, when they do finally get off the planet, like he's like the only thing that's pressurized is the cabin, so we're all gonna have to ride in here. Yeah. Um, and the ship, as it's flying, is literally kind of like half angled, and the 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 landing strut at the back is literally just kind of bobbing as it's going through space. And I'm just like, oh my god, this is gonna be a long trip. Um. <laughs> And you can see, like, the baby, which, by the way, I've, I've had one here, and I forgot to show him. There's the baby. Uh, mm-hmm. I should just put my favorite down and say, uh, he's looking back, and you can see the mother's just, like, clenching her eggs oh, a yeah. closer. <laughs> so, um, but the little buggers had got one. <laughs> and then he still managed yeah. to get one, yeah. Um, he used the force. Yes. So I have a question. What was all the – I didn't bother reading the backlash because I thought it was a bit silly, but what was the big deal about – Grogu was committing genocide. Essentially. If they if if they were truly the last of their kind and he was killing these un- unfertilized eggs. Now granted, it was also unfertilized eggs. They specifically yes. said unfertilized eggs. Yes. Um they were like, You're killing the potential for the rest of this of this race. You're committing like Ray said, you're committing genocide. Sweet. And a lot of people kind of freaked out about that. And wow. some of them wanted Grogu off the show. Yeah. <laughs> So. Like those vegans who say that stuffing a turkey is a salt. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a thing too. Like, that's, that's where I feel about that. It's just silly. Yeah. Now, if they were fertilized eggs and were on their way to becoming little frog people, that would be a different story. If they were little tadpoles and he was. That would be a different but, but He ate frogs. But even then, he's eating a frog. The only thing that's different is this the, a sentient being compared to a frog, right. I guess. Yeah, because so. no one freaked out when he was eating the frog. Now, granted, oh. I think I think a lot of it came down to the fact that it was supposed to be these are the last of our kind. Yeah. So I thought it was course, the last of their line. Is that the same thing? Kind maybe. line. And, and, and there may be a semantic thing about that because there is definitely a difference uh, between oh the last of the Stevens and the last of humanity. Yes, yeah. Because it will big difference. Last, yes. I it's, think it's the last of the line. Now that yeah, you're saying it, so we'll, so I'll have to rewatch that episode. Because if so it's it the last of the line, wrong. it's like okay, calm yourself. It's there's others. Yeah. It'll be fine. Maybe completely blown out of proportion there. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Wait. The internet blew something out of proportion. No, <gasps> I know, right? Never. They blew it out of proportion. Um, <laughs> it's all right, little guy. We believe you. Uh, okay, so that's the that's episode two. See, yes. Um, I have to turn him off here in a second. All right, so uh, season two, <laughs> chapter three. Uh, I'm sorry, episode three, chapter eleven, the heiress. This one was written by John Favreau. This one was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I've noticed a lot of the episodes that have a lot of chicks doing some really badass stuff tends to be directed by her. I think she does a really good job with it. So she directed an episode in the last season too. Yes, the she one, did. The one at the settlement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, that was also a really good one too. So, mm-hmm. um, I love the fact that now, granted, there was only I think like three head direct uh, three head writers on this season. 
Um, but I love the fact that they're they're still getting different directors to come in because it definitely you definitely get a different flavor, but it still is cohesive with the rest of the story. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so <laughs> so our Razor Crest is landing on a water planet. And it almost sticks the landing, and then it literally just does like a belly flop or a, a backflip into into the drink. Um, and they get fished out, and we see up to this point the only Mon Calamari that we have seen are like you know on board starships and like commanding fleets, and you think they're a pretty put together race, but I guess not. I guess there's always those uh, <laughs> because the dock master is just kind of like yeah. We'll fix it. Sure. <laughs> so um, we get a heartwarming scene of a frog lady running out and meeting her husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was nice. And then we get, um, uh, you know, they basically tell Den, hey, go to this bar. This is where you can find. This is where you can find uh, the guy. So he goes to the bar and he finds a guy and the guy's like, yeah, I can. Yeah, I know. I know where, I'm, I know where more of your kind are. Come on the ship. And a lot of people were kind of like. He sure is trusting. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, though, if I were a Mandalorian and gone through some of the shit that he's gone through, I would probably, it's not necessarily trusting. It's like, I can handle myself. So, sure, why not? Um, So we get on this boat, and like the seas are kind of, you know, uh, uh, tossing them around and everything. And uh, the one guy opens up. He's like, "Hey, let's let, let's show him what's in the hole or whatever." And so he opens up the hole. It opens up, and he's you know uh, telling him about something or another, and then like knocks the baby's um, what do we even call it? It's not a bassinet. Pod? It's a pod. Yeah, knocks yeah. his pod off, and this giant whatever monster comes up and eats it right as it closes because you can see it close. Everyone you know freaked out a half a second there. Uh, my boys like lost their shit. They're like, what? So, um, and this is one of those things that, and, and listening to a lot of people talk about it, this is the, I don't want to say this is the episode, but this is where like, you can see that like he, like Din just loses his shit and just like, it, not even the second thought, he just jumps in, you know, the helmet's not going to act as a, you know, it doesn't like seal in or whatever. <laughs> it's not going to protect him. He's just like, I have to go do this. What was the, um, What's the big sand thing that in uh, Return of the Jedi next to Jabba's place? What was that thing called? Sarlacc? The Sarlacc, yeah. Apparently some people online are calling this the Sea Lack. That works. Yeah, so he's – and then they, they put the, the grate back on. He's stuck in there. He can't really get out. He can't really breathe. All right, what are we going to do now? And then three other Mandalorians show up, and – I I didn't recognize at first just because I'm not as I've watched the Clone Wars and and Rebels but I'm not excluded I haven't watched it over and over and over again like my brother and his family have so when the Mandalorians show up he knows exactly who it is um I don't remember the name of the other two they kick a lot of ass they free Din and and get the baby back but uh their leader is um uh, Bo-Katan. And if you are interested and have watched Rebels and, and the Clone Wars, you know that uh, she is basically in line or was in line in charge of being the leader of the Mandalorians. Um, she shows up and he's like, thank you for saving me. And they take their helmets off. And he's just like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
because there's a big interesting thing to do about that. He's like, why are you showing me your faces? And they're like, because we're we do that. Why? Like, wait, you don't do that? And he's like, no. And they're like, oh, you're part of the watch. Um, and we see that in the first season, we see how he is saved and he was saved by what was called uh, Death Watch. And Death Watch was, are basically, and we are, we're getting more information of this, uh, Death Watch is essentially the um, religious zealots that believe that Mandalore should go back to like their old ways. And Bo-Katan doesn't care about that shit. She's just like, listen, I just, I just want to lead this peop- the, you know, lead the people and get uh, Mandalore back from the Empire. Uh, so he's like not having it and flies off and they end up destroying the ship. And later on, he's walking on the docks and a couple of toughs show up and they show back up again and kill them all. And they're like, listen, you can't just walk away. Like we're Mandalorians period. Like if you disagree, that's fine, but you're not getting away that easy. So they sit down and have a drink and basically come to yet another, another thing, you know, another, uh, uh, deal here. Um, he's like, you know, I've been charged with taking the baby, finding a Jedi. And they're like, I can find you a Jedi, but I need you to do me a favor first. So they're going to take over this, uh, Imperial ship. And we got a really awesome fight or lots of awesome fights actually on this ship. Uh, first off, why were there, I mean, I'm sure they probably would have come in once they got started getting closer and closer out of atmosphere, but there were some stormtroopers stationed on the outside of this ship <laughs> that I'm just like, when were they going to let those guys in? <laughs> so They weren't. Those men die every time. That they have to keep replacing them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's the golden watch. They're probably a dozen, so. <laughs> um, so they get into the ship, and we have some really interesting scenes. We see how um, even though a lot of the people on this ship are – they are imperial. They're obviously not, like, top of their class. Uh, because as they're making their way through the ship, we have, uh, we, we have the guys like close the doors. Which one? All of all of them? What do you mean? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we also see some other things. We get, we get some interesting information. Uh, I don't know if we've seen it up to this point, but literally we see Din at one point just like head down and charge forward, and we see blast like just ricocheting off, and it really confirms the fact that oh, that's why everyone wants Beskar armor because you can't shoot through that shit. Um, so he goes through and, and does a couple, you know, a couple of uh, clutch moves, but for the most part, it's the fully trained Mandalorians that kind of storm their way through. They get to the bridge of the ship. Um, there's only a couple of guys up there in this. No, that was it later on. Um, I was going to say the one shoots the other one. That was the other episode. Um, <laughs> but they have, he gets, she gets to, uh, uh Bo-Katan gets to, you know, the leader of the group. And ask him, like, okay, well, who's she going to, you know, we're all kind of excited. Well, who's she going to ask for? Who's, who is she looking for information for? Um, and she's like, you know, I want, you know, where is Gideon and where is the Darksaber? This thing. <laughs> uh, told you my boys got two of these. These things are awesome. By the way, if you can find them, they're kind of hard to find. Um, for those of you, once again, if you're not in the know, uh, the Darksaber uh, had a brief appearance at the end of Season 1. Uh, Gideon uses it to cut his way out of the uh, crashed TIE Fighter. Yeah. The Darksaber in... Was it Rebels? No, it's... Um, no, I think it was in Rebels as well, but I know it was in, in Clone Wars. According to Mandalorian lore, 
uh, there was a Mandalorian who was a Jedi, and he forged the Darksaber. And after that, whoever holds the Darksaber is the leader of the Mandalorians. Yeah. So there's a lot of questions going on. We had some questions at the end, like, well, how did Gideon get the, the Darksaber? And now we're like, okay, so obviously he got it from her somehow, and she wants it back. Um, we got a really cool scene where the guy, she keeps asking him questions and he's just like, I'm not going to tell you anything else. And then basically uses, uh, an electric cyanide pill and like crushes it in his <laughs> mouth and kills himself. That was actually kind of cool. Um, and so, uh, they're like, okay, well, we're going to claim the ship and we're going to use it to help, you know, help, you know, help us with our, uh, you know, reclaiming Mandalore. And, uh, uh, Den's like, well, I've got something I gotta do. Peace out. He jets out and goes back to Frog Lady, who was keeping Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, obviously, so she doesn't have that big a problem, I guess. You know, since mm-hmm. she got her husband, everything's fine or whatever. I will say the entire time. So the scene is very sweet. It's her and her husband and Baby Yoda, and there's one of their eggs that has started to hatch, and like kind of a tadpole. And the whole time I'm just going, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it, don't eat it. <laughs> I was like. Eating the unfertilized, that's fine. Yeah. If you eat the live one, though, <laughs> you know what? There might be some issues here. <laughs> so um, so that's the end of our episode. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so we go move on to episode four, chapter 12, The Siege, written by John Favreau, directed by Carl Weathers. Um, this episode, uh, they head back to Navarro because the ship, even though it got fixed by the Mon Calamari, <laughs> like there's fishnets hanging around and stuff. Like stuff's just like slapped together with like, you know, spit and bailing wire. Mm-hmm. It just, it looks like garbage. Um, so he shows up and this is kind of where we get an idea that, okay, some time has passed between season one and season two because when he shows up, uh, his friends not only have like, uh, taken over the town, but like they're like prosperous and they've got stuff in place and yep. and so they're like, well, while you're here getting your ship fixed, could you do us a favor? There's one more one more imperial base that we got to get knocked out. Would you help us knock it out? And he's like, sure. Um, I, I read somewhere or another uh, someone's um, description or review of the show is um, a space cowboy just can't help not making best friends. <laughs> Seems like that's what happens. Everywhere he goes, he makes a new best friend. Um, He's the littlest hobo. So before they head out on this mission, he's like, well, where are we going to put the child? And they're like, oh, we got you. We'll put him in school with everyone else. And so we get this awesome scene of this little bitty baby Yoda around all these kids. And he's looking over and this one kid's got looks like cookies or yeah, they're blue cookies, like blue dipped Oreos or whatever. And he's like, you can tell he's reaching out and he's trying to ask for one. And the kid's just like, I ain't giving you any of my cookies and turns around. And next thing you know, his cookies are gone because old boy used the force to pull him over. To like, <laughs> um, which I freaking loved because yeah. the payback, the, the, resolution on this later on is fantastic um so they uh they go to the imperial base and i loved the whole scene oh oh and what the the blue guy from the from season one episode one yeah uh who was it who played him it's another comedian yeah um crap i can't think he used to be on snl i'm blanking out anyway um, he shows back up and they're, and they're basically like, okay, well, hey, you're going to help us out with this. He's not, he's not really too happy about it. 
But I love that whole scene. They get to the base and they're at the bottom and they're like, well, how are we going to get in there? And Din's just like, I got this and just flies off. <laughs> and then like, a few moments later, like you hear a bunch of stuff going on and then the elevator opens up and he's like, all right, come on in. <laughs> so, um, Horatio Sands. That's right. It's Horatio Sands. Thank you. So, I love the fact that they're getting some of these comedians and stuff in there, uh, you know, to play some of these roles. And they're doing a good job of it. So, you know, some of them are definitely being more lighthearted, you know, and then we get some of the people later on. Um, they find out, they discover it's a lab. It's not really a base. It's more of a lab. And they come across a message from the cloner that was in season one uh, telling Gideon that uh, we're not going to find another uh, we're not going to find another donor with as high an M count. Now he says M count. Yeah. We all know it's referring to midi chlorians, which is fine. If we just want to call it M count from now on, that's fine. Whatever. We still have, you know, we have to have this, which is another kind of like reference to the original series that kind of works out. All right. So, um, and then we see, but we also see these things that are in these, I want to say test tubes, test tube makes you think small, like these, these vats or whatever. And that's when a lot of the speculation happens. It's like, what is in there? Is this is this like proto emperor? Is this like is this a a, a a jar of of what's his face from the 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 you know the other movies or a, you know is it a jar of Snoke? What's going on here? Um, and uh, we don't like get jar any of Snoke. jar of Snoke. Yeah. <laughs> jar of Snoke. I like that. Yeah. We don't get any uh, we don't get any resolution on it because at that point, uh, Dent's just like, oh shit, they're really after the child. I got to go. Peace out. So he just gets the jetpack and goes. He leaves the other three there and they're like, all right, well, how are we going to get out of this? And, uh, Cara Dune's character, I, I really like her character in the show. And she's just like, all right, well, we're going to try to go this way. That doesn't work. We're going to try to do this. That ain't going to work. All right, cool. Well, we're just going to fly off in this giant, yep. you know, basically uh, yeah. transport. Um, so they fly off and then we have this really awesome scene where the uh, stormtroopers are, are on the speeder bikes. The one dude doesn't even make it down the side of the cliff. <laughs> uh, but we have, yeah, we have this, we have this awesome fight uh, going on with the, uh, with the speeders. They make it past the speeders. They think they're okay. And then we hear a couple of tie fighters tearing after them. It's just like, all right, don't know how we're going to get through this. And about that time, Den shows up. Apparently, they fix the ship really, really fast. <laughs> There's a little time dilation going on here. But he shows up, does some awesome maneuvers, kills both of the TIE fighters. He's flying around and he looks back at Baby Yoda and he's like, You like, could the baby at one? There's a scene where the baby's got like his juice box in one hand and cookies in the <laughs> other. And he's all like, Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then, you know, he looks back and, of course, you know, proud. He's definitely taking on a daddy role. And he's like, You like that? And he looks back and. Baby Yoda kind of spits up. <laughs> and it's funny. He's in the middle of this. You know, he's just finished this dog fight, and he's more worried about, hey, listen, they just detailed the car. Don't spit up in daddy's car, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you can definitely see this bond between them. He's definitely taking, taking you know, on Baby Yoda's his kid. So um, let's see here. So uh, Cara Dune is recruited by a uh, the New Republic. They're like, hey, we could use – we could use some people like you, you know, with your skills and, you know, um, and then, um, we, we have the scene where the mechanic, uh, reports to Moff Gideon and says, yes, there's a tracker on the Razor Crest. You should be able to find what you're looking for. Um, let's see here. Uh, 
Episode 5, Chapter 13, The Jedi. Now, we know exactly what we're going to get from the title. And we're pretty sure we know who we're going to get. And we get the Oh, and it was uh, written and directed by Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is basically the guy behind uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, uh, Ahsoka Tano is like his baby. That was his character he created. That was his character that he's he's seen all the way through. So it makes total sense that he both wrote and directed this episode. And so for the first time ever, we get to see her character in real life. And it was such an awesome scene. Uh It's it's this smoky, you know, this this planet looks like, you know, it's gone through a lot of shit. There's a bunch of dust and fog and stuff. You can't see anything. And just all of a sudden, these two lightsabers light up and just kill a dude and then go back off. And she's just knocking these guys out left and right. Um, I think my brother was like, that may have still been one of the best scenes in the entire series was that. Um, it was, yeah. Um, apparently there was some, there was some issues with, um, what's her name that played her, her character. Um, Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Apparently, there was kind of some back and forth on. So, there was two sides of this. Number one, there was some social media kickback. Uh, some uh, uh, a member of the trans community was blaming her for something, and apparently that didn't even pan out. Like that was kind of a false allegation thing. Yeah. But a lot of people in the Star Wars community was like, "Why didn't you let the person who played her voice actually, you know, portray her?" Um. It is what it is. I think she did a great job. Yeah. Um, so she shows up. She has a she has a, a standoff with the um, oh uh, what was her name um, the magistrate um, and uh, of this community and is basically like you know I need you know I'm gonna come back and that's gonna be it like you're gonna give me what I want or shit's gonna get real. Mandalorian shows up. Magistrate brings him in. We have this whole scene of he's asking people in the uh, in the town, trying to ask them questions, and they're just like, "I can't talk to you. They will they will hurt me." And we actually see these people like in these cages getting like electrocuted and stuff. So it's not a good situation. But he goes to the magistrate, and she's like, "Hey, I have a job for you. Um, there's a Jedi. She's terrorizing the you know she's terrorizing us or whatever. If you kill her, because we can't seem to do it. If you kill her, I will give you this." And basically shows him. A spear made out of complete out of um, uh, Beskar. So he's like, "Well, that's Mandalorian. That belongs to me. So guess I'm doing this." So he takes the he takes the uh, the spear, goes out and finds Ahsoka Tano, and she like surprises him. We have this standoff, which is funny. Uh, you know, listen to these other podcasts, and it's like, why is it the good guys always have to start their introductions with a fight? Like, why can <laughs> they never just roll up and be like, "Hey, I'm a good guy. Are you yeah. a good guy?" Cool. Let's be good together. Uh, <laughs> they always have to get into it. Um, in the middle of this fight, like he is obviously not putting his hundred percent into it because he doesn't want to fight her. But he literally at one point is just like, you know, Sokotano, I'm looking for you. I, I need you to train this child. And it's just like, you know, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. Um, and so, uh, or no, he, he says we need to talk. And she's like, well, I hope you're referring to him. You know, and so we see the baby and so we see him walking back and forth, nervous dad energy (laughs) walking back and forth and she's communing with with uh, the baby and he's like, you can talk to him. And she goes, well, I can I can kind of communicate during, you know, with him through the force. And we get some revelations. The first revelation we get is 
Um, he was on Coruscant. He was at the Jedi Temple, and he managed to somehow or another escape Order 66. Um, so that's a thing. Um, of course, a lot of questions there. Who smuggled him out? How did he get out? Who knows? We may or may not ever get those answers. Yeah. We also get, well, his name is actually Grogu. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's interesting because as he says it, he's, uh, it's almost like he's like everyone else. And he's like, I'm not really in love with this name. <laughs> yes. But as soon as he says it, the baby perks up and immediately looks at him and is like, he hasn't heard his name in like decades. So yeah. like, and so, you know, he's already starting to grow on him and she's like, you know, she, you know, experiences some stuff with him and she's like, well, we're going to test him tomorrow. So the next day they're like, we're going to test him. So she tries to do a rock, you know, and she like force maneuvers the rock and he's, he kind of does it and he's like, well, give it a shot. Why don't you give it a shot? And he's like, okay. So he tries to do the rock. He's like, you know, take the rock. He won't take the rock. And so he takes out the little metal ball that was in the ship and he's manages to do that. And she's like, he has a very strong, he has very strong feelings for you. He has very strong attachment to you. I knew someone else that was like that, that had strong attachments and took him down the path. I cannot train this child. I am not going to train this child. Um, and so at that point, he's like, well, listen, the people in the town kind of paid me to kill you. I'm not going to. Just, just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I help you, will you train the child? And at that point, she's like, okay, sure. So the next day, they roll up on the city. We have this awesome fight scene where she goes in and then he follows up. And then we get this – it was – the the cinematography for this was so fantastic because you have two fights going on. You have Ahsoka with the magistrate and they do the whole thing where they like face off, they take off their robes, you know, Ahsoka has her lightsabers, the magistrate has the, the Beskar um uh, staff. Um and then you have the gunslingers out in the street and you know, having the conversation, well, who do you think's gonna win? Your person, my person. Doesn't really matter to me. I'm just here for the money like you are. <laughs> and just straight shoots him down, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, we did have some battles with some droids. Um, and then we get to Ahsoka, and she bests the Magistrate, which, by the way, and I don't remember the Magistrate's name, um, but she is the granddaughter, I believe, of Bruce Lee. So oh, cool. She knows her. She like she knew her martial arts. Like she would. She didn't have to really go through a lot of training. She kind of knew her shit. Yeah. Um. So anyway, she you know she bested her and she asked and we're all like okay so she's gonna be asking about Moff Gideon or someone and she throws out another name that's like just blew everyone away. She asked where is um um what's Thrawn. his name? Yes, uh, uh Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, the last time we saw Grand Admiral, now Grand Admiral Thrawn had an awesome trilogy that has, of course, been gone into the legacy, but was brought back in Rebels. And the last time we saw him, he was basically strapped to a space whale in a spaceship with Ezra Bridger, who was the hero from Rebels, going off into the abyss, basically. No one knows where they went. So now that Thrawn may be back, uh, it's like, oh my god, are they going to bring back Ezra as well? So everyone who's like, who loved Rebels is like losing their damn shit. First off, they got real life Ahsoka Tano back, and now they may be getting more characters. Um, so yeah, it's, it was amazing. Uh, that was pretty much that episode. Was there anything else y'all wanted to throw on that one? 
Not really, no. Okay. No, I just um, I I enjoy the whole the whole scene. I will say though that I didn't notice as much in this episode the the Beskar heating up as yes. we did later on. Yes. So. And that's and, and let's talk about that. So in a later episode we literally we know that it can Oh, that was the other thing that we learned. So in previous episode, like I said, we 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 know for a fact that it can deflect blaster shots. Well, she, uh, Ahsoka, when Ahsoka and and um, Din are fighting, he literally is like has both of his gauntlets up blocking her lightsaber. So we're like, oh shit! So this can like this can block a lightsaber as well. Like yeah. this is some really badass shit. Um, but yeah, you're right. And then later on, we see that where it seems to be that's how it handles it. It seems to uh, dissipate heat extremely super duper well. Yeah. But after a while, it, that may not be the case. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the episode, he we have this starts to be a heart wrenching moment where he's basically saying goodbye to the baby, to Grogu and, you know, in the ship. And it's like, oh, man, this is it. And then he walks out and she's like, I'm, I cannot train this child. And he's like, that wasn't the deal. Like the deal was I help you. You train the child. And she's like she basically punts. She's like, listen, take the kid. To this planet, put him on this rock. He's gonna he's if he can, he's gonna reach out for other Jedi. There's not a lot of us left. But if he does and he reaches out and someone listens, there's your teacher. But I'm not gonna do it. And Den's like, okay, I think part of him was relieved that he's he's like, Okay, good, I don't have to give him up yet. Um so he gets in the ship and he flies off. Um, chapter episode six, chapter fourteen, the tragedy. Now, of course, you hear the title and you're just like, "Well, great, this is gonna be." Yeah. Great. Um, this one. Why is it Texas? Yeah. Uh, this one is written by John Favreau, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Did not realize it until the end of the episode, and then it totally clicked because of the action that happens in the episode. Um, oh, and by the way, before the episode we were talking, if you have not seen it, there is a video going around of Robert Rodriguez jamming out on a guitar with a baby Yoda who's like bobbing his head, dancing around, and it's fantastic. It's just, it's like, it's one of those best things of the year thing. So, um, so now, okay, so let me ask you all this. In mo, it seems like in most TV shows, when they're like, okay, here's where you need to go here for the MacGuffin, and they're like, all right, cool. And usually that's like the arc for the series or for the season or whatever. So we go through episode, well, we're trying to get there. We're trying to get there. We're still trying to get there. We finally get there. Cliffhanger next season. I'm like, okay, well, I bet the next episode's going to be this. No, it's literally this ship pulling in. It's like, nope, here we are. We're on the planet. Um, yeah. And as they're flying in, uh, you can hear, you know, he's, he's basically talking to him. He's like, well, I guess this is it. I guess you're going to do your thing. And I'm gonna let you go, and you're gonna go on. And you're gonna do some great things, and he's he's basically giving him the pep talk that dads give their kids, either like going either to kindergarten or off to college. Like, <laughs> um, so he lands the ship, and he's like, okay, well, we're gonna have to. Looks like we're gonna have to take it on foot from there. And its <laughs> next shot is literally him flying through the air with a jetpack, with Baby Yoda ears are flapping, yeah. like <laughs> having a great time. Had the now. Uh, those are the scenes that are just so fantastic. Yeah. Um, lands, put him, puts him on a rock. He's walking around. Well, don't see anything here. 
well, I guess that's it. Guess this didn't work. And then turns around and Yoda's like basically doing a, a Zen pose and like has this, you know, this force field of light around him. I, I like the use of the blue butterflies in this one too. That I was, do too. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was interesting. I love the fact that right before it happened too, he's like looking around the rock, the rock like there's a light, like an on switch or something somewhere that he's missed. <laughs> oh, he's like, this doesn't look very Jedi to me. He's like, what would you know? <laughs> um, and then we have another oh shit moment because the slave one flies in. It's just like, yeah. what yeah. the hell? Um, I was nervous at this point because I'm just like, okay, so obviously he's got to protect the. Does he have to protect the baby from? Boba Fett? Like, what? Man, I don't really want him to fight Boba Fett, but I guess this is gonna be, this is gonna happen. So sure enough, he tells him, he's like, he's like, alright, you just, you chill here, do your, just, just stay, stay here. Uh, I'm gonna go see what's going on over here. So he goes over and he, he meets Boba Fett. And, you know, he's like, well, what's gonna stop you from, you know, I, I could drop you, you don't have any armor on, why should I be worried? And he's like, oh, because of the, because of this, uh, the sharpshooter that's up there on the, the ridge. And it's Finnick from season one. Um, at, at the end of season one, we thought she was dead, but we saw like a, a boot walk up to her. And at that point, there were some people that had rumored, I wonder if that's Boba Fett. But it could be anyone. Well, sure enough, it was Boba Fett. And, uh, she ends up, you know, he ends up kind of cutting a deal. He's like, you have something I want. You have this armor. And he's like, that's Mandalorian armor. He goes, that's my armor. And so Fennec comes down and basically shows that the real reason she's still alive is because she's now part droid, essentially. She's got robo guts, um, which is interesting later on in the series we'll, to point this out. Uh, but anyway, uh, he tells him, you know, take off the jetpack. We'll have a discussion. We'll figure this out. And before they can really start figuring anything else out, uh, all of a sudden an Imperial shuttle shows up. And it's at this point that... Um, the Robert Rodriguez uh, action sequences really kick in. There's a lot of shooting. There's some uh, jumping around. But there are some truly brutal kills of stormtroopers with, uh, a, a, was it a Bantha stick? Yeah, yeah. it looked like it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, like, he is straight crushing stormtroopers. Uh, uh, stormtrooper helmets. Well, like, it's, to, to see it just shatter and splinter off like that, yeah, and all, like that's it was so cool to watch. It, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, this is the episode. Oh, okay. So they're having this fight, and they're 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 kind of like giving it to the stormtroopers, and then another ship lands, and they're just like, okay. <laughs> and it's at this point, Boba Fett has made his way, and he's he's killed enough of them, and there's this part where he just stops and looks at the Razor Crest, and then it goes back to Din and and. And her fighting, um, and then we see Boba Fett walk out. And this is the scene that every kid has imagined has happened a thousand <laughs> times because Boba Fett was always an awesome character, but let's face it, didn't really do a lot in the oh. original series. Like, he, you know, fired a couple of things at Luke, yeah. um, kind of died kind of weakly on on the thing, but he looks so awesome. So of course he's got to be awesome. Surely he's got to be awesome. Yeah. And we see that he's really awesome. And I didn't even know this one, that last kill he got with the little rockets that came out of his knee pad. That's also, uh, uh, expanded universe shit. Cool. So, 
so yeah, he didn't just make that up. That was expanded universe shit. And of course, all the all the geeks that you know are all still sad about expanded universe stuff going over here. Just like, oh my god. Oh, uh, I was telling the group before we started the show. Apparently, there was an inter- there's an interview with Robert Rodriguez. He choreographed this whole thing using uh, uh, Star Wars uh, action figures. So like everything he he went through with it. Um, so we get to see Boba Fett in all of his glory, and it's it's fantastic. We're all excited. They've kicked everyone's ass. Everything's going great, and then Gideon Ship shows up and literally blows up the Razor Crest, and my jaw just dropped because <laughs> I'm like, well maybe there's some of it left. There's nothing left. <laughs> it's still good. there's a couple little pieces left. There's. <laughs> And the uh, and and what was really funny was as soon as it happened I thought oh shit and the next thought that went through my head was I can't wait to listen to this week's podcast with this guy who's so excited about getting his razor because <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the uh, things I saw online he's like you know it was the thing of Obi Wan you know saying suddenly a thousand voices you know called out I want a refund. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, great, I just spent $350 on a toy that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> um, so anyway, blows up the Razor Crest, and then we see Moff Gideon's like, all right, send in the Dark Troopers. And we finally figure out what this is. And they are – we get clarification as to exactly what they are. In the Expanded Universe, they were stormtroopers that were uh, modified genetically so that they had some force sensitivity to them. Um we find out in like the next and in, in two episodes later in the final episode that this is the third version. They're like, well, they started off as people, and then we added to them, and now we got rid of all the weakness, which is the people, and they're just basically beefed up droids. Um, they fly down. Grogu is finished, just finishes making his call. He's drained. He can't really do anything else. So they pick up the baby, and of course, then doesn't have his jetpack, so he can't really show up really quick. And of course, as soon as he gets there, they fly off. Um, Boba Fett gets in the Slave 1 and flies up after him and is about to, like, attack him. And, and he's like, no, no, don't – you can't hurt the child. They have the child. Don't do not do anything. Um, and he says something. He's like, well, it looks like the Empire's back. And they're like, shouldn't you have known that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute. You have been kind of on a desert planet, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we get, we get the end of that episode. And it's like, okay, well, we got where the tragedy came from because now the baby's gone. Um. We end the episode with um, um, uh, he, he go uh, they they take him back to the planet and he's asking Cardoon, hey, um, oh cool, you're part of the the new the new republic. Uh, can you track down where Mayfield is? <laughs> and you know, a, once again, a call back to the previous season. Can you track down where Mayfield is? I kind of need him. She's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not going to risk. You know, my new employment, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, they have the kid. And she's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Whatever. We got to do what we got to do. Uh, and then the episode actually ends with Gideon walking into the cell and Grogu is throwing around these stormtroopers like it's nothing. <laughs> and unfortunately, just wearing himself out. And yeah. then we get this very menacing pose of, of Moff Gideon with the dark sabers like, you can't touch me. You're too weak. Just. I have you now. And they're, first off, why are there, um, why are there cuffs on this ship that are that size? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, size for them. yeah, like either they were already playing this ahead or they're just, or they have no problem putting cuffs on anyone, like kids, whatever. Just like, probably that. 
Yeah. Probably close to that. Probably so I, I did see somebody theorize that it was uh, thumb cuffs that they just used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's our episode. We're moving on to episode 15, The Believer, uh, written and directed by uh, Rick. <sighs> I cannot say his last name. Famiwama. He directed he uh, directed an episode in the, uh, directed two episodes in the previous season, so he came back for this one. Um, so it's we start off the episode on this planet where they uh, they're um, uh, New Republic uh, not slaves uh, uh, criminals are breaking down Imperial ships and stuff. Did anyone else like pause a couple of times just to kind of scan and look around all the different ships that were there because there was some awesome ships they were breaking down like tie fighters and uh we get to see yet another at that's been repurposed as a crane um in fact whenever the, the that episode starts it pans down and we start seeing one of those and i'm like oh they're back on the water planet oh no this is in the water planet <laughs> so i got a whole bunch of so if y'all have played jedi, jedi fallen order that's how it starts yeah they are right. on a, a junk planet like that and calcastus is tearing apart uh old imperial ships Oh, cool. oh, that's cool. Yeah. So for me, I was watching this. I was like, holy crap. He called out to Cal Kestis. He's still alive somewhere. Uh, okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. That was – and see, I have not played I have not played those games, uh, but there was a, there's a lot of people who thought uh, that was the character who was going to show up at the very end. Like there was some betting pools as to who was going to show up at the very end, who who Grogu made, Grogu made the call to. Right. Um I love the field, the fact that Mayfield is when they he rolls up on it when uh, Cara Dune grabs him, he's like, "All right, follow me." And they go back to the ship, and he sees Boba Fett walk off, and he's like, "Oh God, thank God! I thought you were the other guy." And looks back up, and he sees Din walk off, and he's just like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> um, that guy's a professional comedian. Um, yeah. I don't really, I haven't really watched a lot of his stuff, but he does, he does a really good job with this character. Oh yeah, like he, he plays this character really well. I like uh, the, and re- I like them a lot better in this episode because of the depth they get into than the first oh, one. So it was cool yeah. to watch that. Yeah. Well, yeah, in the first one, and that was the first the uh, first time we see him is in the other episode. He basically betrays Din, and he's part of this this gang of criminals that's trying to break out more criminals. So it's like, you know, you don't feel bad for anything to happen to him. It's like, oh no, they're just a bunch. They're just a bunch of crooks. Like who? Yeah. Who cares what happens to him? So, um, but we—you're right. We get some more depth on this one. Um, so our our MacGuffin for this episode is uh, we need Mayfield to access a terminal to find out where Gideon's ship is, uh, and the only one he knows of is on this one planet. So they they show up and they uh, uh, basically take out this transport, and they're like, "Well, um, you have to scan your face." in order to do this and they start well i can't scan my face they know me they know me they might know me and then it's like all right well i can go in but i need someone else and so uh den's like fine I'll be the one <laughs> to go in. it's for the kid i'll do it and so they get into this transport and the transport can cannot go too fast because the material they're hauling is very volatile um and they're go- they're driving around, and they see several of the of these other transports have been destroyed. Apparently, they're going through the native people's lands, and they're not happy about the empire being there. Um, and we get the two best. There's a lot of really cool things in this episode, but for me, the two best things in this episode: 
Number one is this, and it's the conversation that he has. And he's just like, you know, what are your priorities? Like, you know, you tell me you couldn't, you can't take off the helmet, but you took off the helmet. You're wearing a different helmet. Is it that you can't take off the helmet or you can't show your face? Like, what is it? Like, what, what are your, what are your boundaries? What are your things? And he keeps, he keeps needling you over and over and over again. He's just like, you know, when push comes to shove, your, your priorities don't mean shit. Like everyone breaks their, when, when the shit hits the fan, you will break your priorities. And he just, he's like, listen, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you, dude. Like don't whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he's trying to get a rise out of me, but it was a really good conversation because it really sets up what happens later on in the episode and then going forward. Yeah. Um, and then they get attacked by land pirates again and they're on speeders <laughs> and we get this really awesome chase, uh, scene, you know, on top of the thing. One of the things that I loved is that Din was still, you know, he climbs up on top of uh, the, the the transport and he's trying to, he's fighting like he would nor, wearing his normal armor. And when he gets hit, that armor just shatters and you can tell he's hurt. He's just like, oh shit, that's right. <laughs> I'm not invincible anymore. <laughs> so uh, we get this awesome fight going on and they end up getting saved by TIE fighters, right? TIE fighters. Yes. Which... I was never more excited to see TIE Fighters. Like, that was so awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. And I love the fact that he even calls out as they're pulling into the base. He's like, I never would have thought to be happy to see stormtroopers, like, you know, <laughs> cheering for me. Um, So they get into the base. They roll up. Everyone's happy or whatever. And they're like, all right, well, I'm going to go get a drink. And they go to walk into where this, this panel is. And he's like, I can't go in there. And he's like, what do you mean you can't go in there? He's like, there's there one of my commanders, one of my former commanders. He probably is not going to recognize me, but he might recognize me. Like he was on, he's, he, this is not good. I cannot go in there because sh- I'm supposed to be dead. And so it's at this point, Den's like, well, we have to do this. He's like, dude, you, you're going to have to take off your helmet. Just letting you know. And you can tell he pauses for a second and he's just like, Nope. It's with a kid, you know, and that's where that conversation comes back. Your priorities change. So he goes over, he's trying not to do it. He, he kind of halfway gets the information. And of course him being awkward as he is and freaked out that he doesn't have his helmet on, uh, the commander spots him, you know, uh, at that point, uh, um, Mayfield jumps in, tries to cover their butt. They almost get away. He's like, no, it's been a while since I've talked to someone who, who served on, you know, served in that, uh, that siege. Why don't you come have a drink with me? So they sit down and he has to explain why Din is so like weird. He's like, he, you know, he had an explosion go off. He his his uh, yeah. peripheral vision isn't good, which, well, and I, someone brought hearing. this up. Yeah. And his hearing, his, his hearing's, hearing's like, all screwed up. <laughs> yeah. But someone brought up the whole peripheral vision. They're like, yeah, you probably wouldn't have a lot of peripheral vision in that, in that mask. So yeah, it would probably be kind of weird for you. Um, but I thought he acted that phenomenally. Um, you could tell he was definitely acting like I'm not in my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but, the, and then here we have the second best thing that happens. And it's the conversation between Mayfield and the commander. And the, the commander's just like, yeah, that was an awesome operation. You know, we, we, you know, killed all the people and it was all great. And he's like, yeah, and you killed a bunch of stormtroopers, stormtroopers that had families, stormtroopers who I knew, people who we cared about, who didn't ask for that. They signed up to, you know, bring law and order to, you know, the universe. And you just 
marched them in there and killed them like it was nothing. He's just like, well, yeah, whatever. You're stormtroopers. That's what you do. And I, I envisioned the rest of the episode happening where there's a fight. Maybe they're trying to escape. Something happens. They have another discussion. Maybe Mayfield kills him. But that's not what happened. Mayfield just flat out pulls out a gun and kills this dude. I, I was gonna say um, this very this felt very very Tarantino. Uh, <laughs> just the sitting across from each other, one knows, the other doesn't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when he shot, I'm like, oh, Tarantino. <laughs> like this. Is... <laughs> Before we get too for, for much further in, I want to. Maybe you all caught this. I did not. But for the, when he scanned his face to get on on that terminal, did the terminal require like already having that scan face in the database for access or was it just taking the scan to look at who requ- uh, requested the data because if it already required the face to have access does that mean din was somehow already in the empire's database i've had lots of i've heard lots of people bring this up the running theory is of course this is all theory the running theory is is it just scans against known people who should not have access. So basically okay. it's just like, like we have a system at our school. Whenever, whenever visitors come in, they have to, ha- they have to give us an ID and we run the ID and all the ID does is it checks against like the sex offender database, uh, criminal databases. And they're like, Oh, this is the Imperial version of this. This is just checking to see that this is not a wanted person accessing a terminal. Cause otherwise there's billions of people in the empire. It probably mm-hmm. can't keep track of all of them. But like, once again, that's running theory. So, right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that after they kill the dude, the camera pans over to a sand trooper and he's just like, <laughs> he's got his tray of food and he's just like, <laughs> fuck, man, I just came in here to eat. <laughs> and, then he to <laughs> um, and then we have this awesome action scene. All these stormtroopers are, are piling in. They're like, well, I guess we're going outside. So they climb outside. They're still shooting and, and taking care of stormtroopers. And then we have the two ladies up on the ridge, and they're just fucking picking off yeah. stormtroopers like it's like a fucking video game. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, like seeing this as a game would have been awesome. Like just being able to, to pick off people. That's uh, how I played Ghost Recon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the sniper of the group then? Yeah, he's yeah. he's the guy flying the helicopter. The helicopter too, yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. Oh, <laughs> uh, well then the the helicopter comes in and it's Boba Fett and he's like, all right, I'm on my way. Um, so they get to the top of the building and, uh, the slave one is, is, is ramped up. Oh, that was something else that was interesting. So when they get in slave one earlier in the episode, um, did anyone else, I I mean, I understood what it was, but I've heard a lot of people online say that was very disorienting when they got in the ship and the ship does its turn maneuver and everything like shifts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I understood. I thought it was the, common knowledge, but apparently, yeah. It oh yeah, no, I thought it was common knowledge too. Well, apparently the original. I never, I never had the original toy, but apparently the original toy did something kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I think anyone who had the toy was like, oh yeah, that's what happens. But <laughs> now everyone's just like, that's probably gonna be the next, uh, the next Hasbro Pulse thing. We're gonna get like a three hundred and fifty dollar, you know, slave one that's gonna be like this big and actually does. Oh, it's the, coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and people will buy it. Um. <laughs> But anyway, so um, they uh, uh, they get in the, uh, they jump on Slave One and it goes to fly off. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, right before it flies off, um, um, Mayfield's like, "Hand me that rifle." So he 
sticks out, lands a shot because he is a, a sharp shooter as well. Uh, first we think that's why they're going to go get him is because they need a sharpshooter. Um, he lands a shot, basically blows up the base. They start to fly off. Here come two TIE fighters. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be cool. He's going to rotate the guns. He's just going to shoot the guns. And he opens up the pod and he drops the, um, the sonic, the sonic charge. And we get that beautiful, absolute silence and that, and it eradicates him. I am so glad they pulled that back from episode two because I did think that was one of the coolest scenes in episode two. In fact, that's how I used to test stereo systems was that scene because it, it is the audio engineering in that is so good. So I was sitting there watching the, that episode with Elaine. And for those of you that know, I uh, have the Star Wars the X-Wing miniatures game. And my buddy Charles, who introduced me to that game, Whenever he and I would fly and play again, he always he likes to use Slave One or something that has a similar sonic charge. And I can't tell you how many times he has fucked my stuff up because I'll be flying by him and he'll just drop that thing. So I literally am watching this episode. I turned to him and I was like, "Freaking Charles, man!" Like <laughs> Charles, if you're listening, dude. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to tell me he specifically goes and gets like a guitar or something. And every time he does that in the game, he like strums it real quick. But, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, I'm so glad that I love this series, if nothing else, but like I said, for the fact that it is, it is pulling in everything and making everything so cohesive from all of the different series, the cartoons, the books, the movies, everything is just kind of getting melded together. So, um, and not having to retcon it, that's the other thing. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of things you might consider a retcon, but for the most part, it's, it's, you know, he's doing really good about getting it all in there. Um, and at the very end, we have, um, uh, they're, they're at the ship and Mayfield's like, well, all right, well, I guess, I guess I'm going back. And they start having a conversation. Man, it was, that was pretty sad that he got killed. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it's so sad he died. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, shit happens. It's like, okay, so, uh, she's going to be that kind of, of uh ranger so because i really and we haven't gotten confirmation on this yet but there is a new series rangers of the new republic and i'm assuming it's focused on her or at least she's going to be a main character in it mm-hmm. um which is cool i wouldn't mind seeing her as a main character i like her as a character yeah. um so anyway uh they, he's like cool you're really gonna let me go oh, all right peace out and I'm so he sees like i'm walking away <laughs> yeah exactly he's, he keeps like Please don't shoot me in the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he walks off. And then the last scene of the show is, uh, and I love how they put this online, uh, freaking Din drops into Gideon's uh, uh, DM list. and was just yeah. like, basically recites the whole, the whole speech that he gave him. You have something that I want. It is more important to me more than you will ever know. And it's basically just saying, I'm coming. Uh, very much like a tombstone. Tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, probably not the smartest move because he does come up with a plan that kind of works out in the last episode. Um, and so we finally get to the last episode of the season, uh, chapter 16, season two, episode eight, uh, The Rescue. Oh, I misspelled that wrong. Super fun. Uh, written by um, uh, uh, um, John Favreau. Directed by uh, Peyton Reed again. So this is the second episode he did this one. Um, they capture – we have this awesome uh, fight scene 
out in space. The slave one shows why it's a badass as well. So, um, and they capture this ship. And I love the fact that they're like, they disable the ship and they're like, all right, I'm coming aboard. And they specifically fly in front of it. So it's just like taunting them <laughs> that I have you, you are not going anywhere. Yeah. And it's got the cloner from the first season and two pilots. And when they come aboard, the one pilot is like, listen, man, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just doing my job. Yeah. And the other guy is like fucking in it. And like kills the other guy, takes the cloner hostage, and starts taunting Cara Dune. He's like, he's like, oh, you were you're from Alderaan, yeah. I was on, I was aboard the Death Star when we blew that shit up. And she's like, which one? Which like, one? you know, she's taunting back. Yeah. And then she finally just has it and blasting, uh, which was awesome. Glad she did that. Um, the cloner's just obviously he's just in, he's obviously just there for the science. Like he doesn't really care because he turns. Boy, he flipped on them like it was nothing. He's like, oh, no, here's where it is on the ship, and here's where you go. <laughs> so he was giving them all the information that they needed. Um, um, they show up on they show up on a planet and find Bo-Katan and one of the other um, um, Mandalorians. And when Boba Fett walks in, like, now, so here's some interesting – I hope maybe someone has some more information. So they straight call out Boba Fett. They're like, you're not – you're not a Mandalorian. You're a fucking cloner. And he's like, I am a Mandalorian. I have the armor. My my dad had the armor. Like, it is mine. It is- that was your donor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And then they, like, basically had a brawl, uh, which they, you know, the other two finally broke up. They're just like, listen, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> um, I think they're just staying there let them go for a bit, though. <laughs> I know, right? They were just like, all right, don't- <laughs> the kids will tire themselves out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that was that was an awesome little fight right there in the bar. Um, she like straight D, like uses her jetpack and like DDTs him at one point or something. That was like it was great. Um, so anyway, they have this fight and they basically say, "Hey, listen, we're going after Gideon. You want the dark saber, don't you? I don't want the dark saber. I don't care. I'm out for the kid. So why don't you join us?" And they're like, "Sure, cool. We'll we'll join up." So they hatch this plan. They're like, "Listen, we're going to do a fake chase." You're going to land and you're going to, you know, get aboard the ship or whatever. And so they have the fake chase. I like we get the scene of seeing like how the the TIE fighters are launched out of the ship. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, well, you know, hey, we're coming aboard. And they're like, no, you're not. Yeah, we're getting chased. We're coming aboard. They're like, no, you're not. And they're just like, well, fuck it. We're going on board. <laughs> uh, so they crash the shuttle into the launch bay and then just roll up and just start killing just – I mean, I know stormtroopers are supposed to be expendable, but damn, we go through a lot of them in this series, um, which, you know, it's fun. It's it's like they're not really people, right? So, uh, even though they are, um, which is funny, though, because like it, like I have more attachment to clones from Clone Wars going through that. Like, I feel bad when they died, but stormtroopers, I'm just like, nope, fucking kill them all. <laughs> they chose this. Exactly. They signed up for this shit. Yeah. Clones were actually trying to serve the Republic. In fact, if you watch if you watch the latter episodes of um uh the Clone Wars, like whenever that transition starts happening, or I'm sorry, if you watch Rebels, like what few clones are still alive, they fucking hate the Empire. They're just like, This is not what we were designed for. This is not what we this is not what we were fought, you know, fought for. This is bullshit. Um and they also make jokes about stormtroopers not being able to shoot shit too. That's what's great too. <laughs> um, 
so let's see here. So um, Den goes to they break off. Den goes to find uh, the baby and comes across a shit ton, a whole platoon of fucking um, dark troopers. And so at this, I'm like, okay, well, they're technically droids, so this shouldn't be that hard. But apparently they are. Like, they're next-level droids. Because he almost does not survive that encounter. Yeah, a single one. Yeah. That was just, yeah. Chris was saying it felt like Terminator. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. All I kept thinking was, like, it's like the Terminator. They won't fucking die. (laughs) No, and it wouldn't. And I, I was just like... Was anyone else cringing when it was literally just punching his helmet yeah. into the hole? Yeah, that I was just like, man, I hope I was like, please don't let his helmet start cracking because yeah. I don't know what I want to go with this. And it's just like, OK, no, it survived. I don't know how his brain did, but it survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I do like the fact that he did. He was like he finally was like, oh, yeah, I got this staff. Let me see what this can do. And like kind of fucked it up that way. Yeah. Uh, but then just before the last ones came out. He managed to, you know, shoot them all out. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting that we kind of build them up as being these really awesome, badass things, and now they're gone. That's fine, whatever. You know, kind of looking at my watch at this, or not my, you know, my phone at this time is like, all right, we're about three quarters of the way through the episode, so I wonder what's going on now. Um, we have some really awesome scenes of uh, um, the ladies basically just like slicing sure. their way through the ship. Yeah. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, the, 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 the Mandalorians like jump off or whatever and then come back up behind the yeah. troopers and, and get them. Um, it was funny watching Cara Dune with her, her big mini gun kept having issues with it jamming or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I've seen people online that were just like, well, I don't know how real that is. And then all the video games are like, nope, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Going through yeah. a mission, you're just like, son of a bitch, come on. Um, but yeah, we had some really awesome fights. They get to the bridge. Gideon's not there. Well, where's Gideon? Of course, Gideon is in the room with Grogu locked up and has this whole conversation. He's like, listen, I just, I got what I wanted. I got the blood of the kid. You have a kid. You don't want, you don't want any of this. I don't want any of this. It's fine. And kind of backs down. And then once again, good old trusting Den's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm go get the kid. <laughs> not really. And then of course, here's the, the dark saber fire up and, we get into a battle there. And that's where, like you referred to earlier, we actually see uh, the Darksabers like starts heating up some of the, uh, the, the Beskar. So it's like, okay, obviously this can block it, but not for too, too long. Yeah. Um, and I, we get I, this. I was say, I happen to think it was more because it was a Mandalorian that designed it. So he knew how to cut through Beskar if he needed to. Maybe. More so than, you know, a normal lightsaber. Going after Beskar. Maybe. And that could be the case. I haven't, I, I haven't, you know, read anything about that, but that could definitely be the case because it was designed by Mandalorian. So the only, the only thing, the only difference between the two fights is um, the, the white lightsabers were very quick and mm-hmm. they were just like jabs and hits where this was like a on and yeah, gone for a while. So, yeah. And that was that was an awesome fight scene, you know, slicing up the the corridor yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Um, but he does end up besting besting uh, uh, Moff Gideon, and then he takes him to the bridge, and you can see. And I I had forgot about this until like she walked up before they even said anything, and then it hit me. Oh, uh, when they walk in, you just see her face just drop, and she's just like, "Oh fuck." Um, he throws yeah. Gideon down, and he's like, "Here." There's a dark saber. 
And she's like, I can't take that. I was like, what do you mean you can't take it? I've got the kid. I don't want the sword. Take the fucking sword. Yeah. And that's when Moff Gideon's like whole plan starts to kick into fruition. He's like, yeah, so she has to fight you for it. She can't just take it. Although, and a lot of people brought this up. At she the did end, take it, yeah. She did take it in one of the cartoon series. And, of course, a lot of people were just like, well, is that why she's insisting on fighting for it? Because yeah. she feels bad. I think bad. that's why. It didn't work too well for her last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of the running theory is that she feels like I have to do it this I have to do it this way because last time I I just accepted it. So um but anyway, so that's happening and it's just like at this point in my mind I'm like are we about to see like Den and her like face off? Like is this about to happen? Is this how we're going to end this episode? Um and then we hear the alarms start going off and it's like are there any life forms? And they're like, none. And I'm just like, oh shit. And here come, here come the dark troopers and the dark troopers get back onto the ship and proceed to come to the bridge. And I thought it was interesting how they just like lined up, prepped themselves, got in their stance and just start like punching just like a, like a fucking boxer going after this door. Uh, and slowly but surely coming through it. And Gideon's just like, so here's what's going to happen. You're all going to die. Yeah. And I'm going to have the child and I'm going to have the sword and everything's going to work great. And I win. Fuck y'all. Uh, and then we get another alarm go off and it's like, it's an X-Wing. Now, what were y'all's thoughts at that point? I was in. No, that was literally the first thing I said. No, no, no. 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 Yeah. They're just teasing us. They're teasing yeah. us. That that's not what's going to happen. Uh, I I thought it was Luke. When I saw the X-Wing, the timelines matched up. It was like... Everyone I know said they... Or a lot of people I know said they went back and were trying to pause it so they could count the number of red stripes. And they're (laughs) like, fuck, you couldn't read it. You could not see how many red stripes were on this damn ship. Apparently, if you pause it, you could see R2, though. At least you could see the blue on the the astromech. Yeah. Yeah, everybody I know was trying to count red stripes. Uh, they're like, that's not Red 5. That is not fucking Red 5. And of course, whenever it does land, it's on a black and white screen, so we can't tell anyway. Yeah. At that point, I'm just like, no way. And then we see a hooded black figure, and I'm just like, no fucking way. But when the green lightsaber ignited, I think I lost my shit. <laughs> um, at that point, now, some other people have said, well, it could technically have been a cut. Co- there are a couple of other people it yep. might have been. Yep. But when you saw one hand wearing a glove and one hand not wearing a glove, it's like, holy shit, this is Luke fucking Skywalker. <laughs> See, but even then, even then, I'm like, there's no way. There's they're they're just teasing that it is, and then they they won't because they they're they're not going to give that to us. And and we, they did. <laughs> um, and I was talking to everyone last night about this. Um, I didn't I like I didn't pull this until after the fact. Did anyone else realize how close this was to Vader going through at the end of Rogue One and slaughtering all of the rebels? It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I, I, didn't, I was just like, my jaw was just on the ground. Like, it was funny because I was just like, no way, no one. I'm sure the boys were just like, who? Who is it? And I'm just like, are you serious? You don't know who this <laughs> is? I will say this. I kept getting uh, Civil War vibes. And let me tell you why. So... In Civil War, the Winter Soldier pretty much shows how much stronger he is, especially with his arm, uh, his metal arm, you know, 
fighting Captain America, fighting uh, the Black Panther this whole time. Then when he comes across Spider-Man, Spider-Man just catches his arm. He's like, oh, you yep. have a metal arm. Shows how much stronger Spider-Man is. Yep. Here, Din got his ass beat by a dark trooper. Yep. Luke shows up and takes all of them out with ease. And just yep. to show how powerful he is. Yep. So I got the same kind of vibes from that. that that's totally, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. This was a, and a lot of people said this was a redemption for all of the original fans for what we got from the uh, sequel movies. Because even though we did get, I still like the standoff between him and, and uh, Kylo. Kind of yeah. Um, I, I still think that was an awesome scene. It was like, but we didn't get badass Luke Skywalker and we got badass Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, now, whenever he enters, whenever he comes through and the door opens up, he still has the hood on. And, I was just like, well, we know who it is. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to see the face? And sure enough, he pulls back the hood. Now, um, supposedly they used they, – this was not CGI. This was using the deepfake technology. So it's not like they designed it. They used the deepfake technology on it. Um, I guess I need to go back and watch it again because I've heard a lot of people say it was just okay. I thought it looked pretty damn good. It, it wasn't horrible. No. No, you've seen the, um for for how much I mean it wasn't perfect by any means no it, it wasn't perfect but it it was pretty good for what like for what they tried to do like let's be honest so well I mean we're also talking about a major motion picture budget compared to even though this is an extremely expensive TV series yeah we're still talking about that budget mm-hmm. they yeah. did, I thought they did better than they did in Rogue One. Yes. Leia My thoughts Tarkin. exactly. Like yes. Tarkin looked like oh yeah, no. cartoon character in that movie. Yeah. Um, See, I actually thought Tarkin looked halfway okay. Leia, I thought looked Leia, horrible. Yeah, Leia didn't work out very well. No, I think uh, the de aging for Luke did really well. Plus, using Luke's like it was Mark Hamill. His yeah. voice, yeah. Too, and that always helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So I thought, I thought they did a good job. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so he comes in. He basically says, you know, I'm, I can I can take the child. I can train the child. I can protect the child. Uh, even says I will give my life to you know to protect this child. And he's like, okay, well, that's it. And he's like, well, no, I, it's up to him. And he wants your permission. Yeah. And so we get the scene of him picking up the baby, and he takes off the helmet. Did anyone else get a little teary-eyed? It was, yeah, of yeah. course I did. <laughs> yeah. So. It was good. Yeah, it was very yeah. sweet. It was very good. Um, he basically you know, tells him, you know what, you got to go off, you got to do your thing. And then he puts the baby down, he's by his feet, and he, you know, does waddle over to, to uh, uh, Luke. And fucking R2 shows up, and I was just like, <laughs> That's <laughs> even better. It's R2. Oh, it's baby. It's baby Yoda and R2, like two of the best things in Star Wars ever. Oh. Was it was it you, Yuji, that was saying like it would have been kind of cool to have R2 kick an ass with Luke? Like, that wasn't me. No. Okay. There was somebody I was talking to, uh, and it, maybe uh, maybe Sean or Mike. I can't remember. Anyway, they were saying like it would have been kind of cool to have R2. Like R2 was a pretty badass 
in the prequel or in the prequels. Yeah. So it would have been kind of cool to see him kind of help Luke out, but walk up and just shock one of them real quick. Yeah, just yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think that would have worked though. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. No. those droids to be so powerful that oh, yeah, yeah. I, know. I don't right. think R2 unit would <laughs> No. <laughs> And but speaking I, of which, that last one that he kills, I just love the fact that he oh. just like grabs it and just crushes oh, it like it's nothing. Um, which was funny because I heard someone mentioning this online. They were like, "Yeah, that's kind of the big problem." Is they were like, "Okay, well, humans in these in these uh, dark troopers didn't work out so well. Let's take out all the all the weakness." And yeah, a, a, a droid versus a human, an, an average person. Yeah, that makes total sense. Y'all made some really badass weapons because there's no Jedi's around, right? Oh, fuck. So this was, and you, that was the other thing is, and I loved how, oh, and before Luke walks in, Gideon realizes, like, he knows he's got all the cards, he holds all the cards, he's got the perfect plan, he's fucking won, and then literally, like, basically this is the equivalent of taking over the world and Jesus Christ shows back up. And you're, cause there's, you could have never planned for this. He never had anything going for this. And so he's like, alright, I'm gonna kill the baby. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to take myself out. Now, that was a fucking dark scene <laughs> yeah. for Star Wars, but I'm and I'm so glad they that she stopped him because yeah. um and so I've heard some people were like, "Well, he kind of seemed like a little bit of a bitch in that point." I'm just like, "No, like his plan like totally got screwed." Yeah. And he's obviously reporting to someone else. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's like, "If okay. I live past this, I, I would rather be I, dead at this point yeah. than yeah. survive." Yeah. So uh, but no, because I loved his character. He did a fantastic, you know, big bad yeah. in the series. So, um, so anyway, Luke flies off, and technically that's the end of the episode. So we're left with we're left with all these people on the ship, and they're like, so are are they going to fight for the control of Mandalore? Or what the hell's going on? And someone else brought up because uh, of the after scene thing. Um, wouldn't you think Boba Fett would ask Finnick, So what happened on the bridge? Oh, this guy in all black with his green lightsaber showed up wearing a, a black, you know, a black glove or whatever. Wouldn't you think Boba Fett would be like, who the fuck showed up? <laughs> <laughs> I know that fucker. <laughs> um, but anyway, so we get an after credit scene, which I usually because of the music, I always listen to almost the end anyway, because uh, the music is so fantastic in the show. Uh, but we don't get really get a lot of music. It's very, very like low key. And then we get an after scene, and I'm just like, is that Bubba's? Is that? That's John's palace. <laughs> and then Fennec walks in and straight, like, wastes a couple of people, and, like, there's a, a dancer. She's trying to get away. She, you know, shoots the chain, releases her. And then Boba Fett rolls in, and we've got a very, um, we're not going to try to fat shame here. Um, he's, he's lived very well. Yeah. <laughs> Chubby. Uh, yeah. Was, was dead. Yeah. What, what was his name again? Um, Shit, I've got it written down. Um, um, Fortuna, uh, Biv Fortuna. Uh, he's like, oh, Boba, it's great to see you. How Boba. you been? <laughs> Kills him. Rolls him off the seat, sits down. Now, Fennec immediately walks up and grabs something to drink. I thought you had robot guts. What's going on there? <laughs> Maybe it was oil. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean... Is she taking a page out of Futurama? She's drinking alcohol because you know yeah. the power. Of there you go. Yeah, no joke. No. I, I like that. I, I like that. I say it's uh, she still has her stomach. 
Right. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's her diaphragm that's robotic now, and her guts are, but her stomach's still there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She opened up, and there was a lot of stuff missing. But yeah. Oh, doesn't really matter. It was an awesome scene, and he just sits there for half a second, and the screen goes black and says, "Next Christmas, we're getting the book of Bubble Fett." Now, at this point, I thought. Are we not going to see Den anymore? Like, or are we taking a break? Are we going, like, is season three of The Mandalorian going to be, like, are we going to start doing books? Are we going to do, are we going to follow Boba Fett this next season? Um, and from, it's been confirmed, no, the book of Boba Fett is a separate series. So even though, you know, Disney had their big call and announced like 12 new things, this is number 13. Which I'm okay with. That means there are going to be four series happening in this this time period. We're going to have The Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka Tano, The Mandalorian Season 3, and The Book of Boba Fett, which has apparently already started filming. Yeah. Um, and so the que- there's lots of questions like, are we go- what are we going to see next season? Are we going to see the continue – are we going to see Din, like, fighting for Mandalore? Are we going to see Baby Yoda anymore? I hope so. And see, that's a lot of people. A lot of people are like, the name of the show is The Mandalorian. It's not The Baby Yoda Show. But (laughs) (laughs) that's what a lot of people tuned in for. So it's kind of interesting what's going to end up happening. I'm sure we're going to see the little guy again. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, everyone else is like, "That that was heartwarming and awesome. Oh, shit, he's going with Luke. Is fucking Kylo Ren going to kill Grogu? There's no way. There, I, I'm. I would put fifty dollars right now. Something happens, he does not get killed with the rest of the, you know. No. So, something's going to happen between now and then. He's not going to get killed by the Knights of Ren. No. Mm-hmm. So. Which means he watched all of the sequels unravel. No shit. Yeah. So, um, and it also brings back some people brought have have said, well, does that mean when Yoda said there is another, she wasn't talking about Leia, or he wasn't talking about Leia, he was talking about Grogu. So well, there was talk that the way Grogu escaped that it was uh, Samuel Jackson might be coming. I, that was another theory, <laughs> and you know what? If they want to fucking do something else and bring, I, I guarantee to you, Sam Jackson will be back in a oh, hard. Yeah. Well, he would absolutely. But they even hinted at it a little bit with his when it was Samuel, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's birthday. They Marvel or not Marvel Disney put out the Happy Birthday Mace Windu, and it was him. It's something along the lines of um, "We're just getting started," and and it was him dressed up as Mace Windu. It's like, yeah. I was, telling, <laughs> I was telling my partner at work if I were if I were working on this series now. I would literally call everyone in their brother who's ever done anything with Star Wars in, if nothing else, just to watch an episode or, you know, watch the filming and see if maybe they want to do something like, um, who was it? There was someone who played a voice in the original, like in the Clone Wars, or maybe it was Rebels, and they showed up and they were like, hey, do you want to puppeteer one of the characters that's on screen? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. But I was telling my partner, I'm like, at this point, I would call everyone in and make sure everyone knows that they were on set at least for one day just to get the rumor mills going. Like I'd fucking have what's his face. Um, who played, uh, Jar Jar Binks 
<laughs> and be like, hey, you want to show up? Just so everyone's like, oh my god, my best was on fuck it. Was he was at the Mandalorian? What the hell is he doing? Like, surely, surely he's gonna be back or something. Dark Darth is a thing. Yeah, but like, I would have Sam Jackson. I mean, I would literally have everyone back. I'd just be like, hey, you want to come hang out, watch this film, and maybe do something, and just to get everyone like to lose their damn minds. So, um. Yeah, so that's it. Season two of The Mandalorian. Um, any anything else? Want anyone want to add? I did a lot she, of talking tonight. She loves Grogu. <laughs> well, see, I'm not a <laughs> so as somebody who is not a diehard Star Wars fan, I barely can hang on to the storyline. Like, I just I there's too there's so much from the cartoons, the books, the I don't remember the last time I watched the episode four or six. Um, I've not seen episode nine. Um, so I don't know a lot of this stuff. So for me, uh, all the stuff that you guys are excited about, I'm like, well, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's part of the story. <laughs> um, so I, but as somebody who doesn't get it, it was still really great and it was a really good story. And, um, I liked the pacing of everything. I'm pretty sure baby guru saved my life during this pandemic because <laughs> he was so freaking adorable. And I just got so happy. Every single time he come on screen, I'm like, oh, it's baby. And uh, it just made me happy. And that's kind of what I needed. And it, right there. Hello. There you are. Uh, so, yeah. So as somebody who's not, um, who is kind of in, kind of got their foot in the fandom a bit, just, just a toe, because I, I just thought it was really good. And see, you're not the only one I've heard say that. Like, I know people who are Star Wars fans, but mm-hmm. haven't read, like, the books or they haven't yeah. watched the cartoons or whatever. So a lot of that stuff even, you know, is like question mark. I, mm-hmm. I know that's a thing, but I, I don't, but I, don't, still, yeah, I, I, don't I still enjoyed the show. It's still yeah. well-written and done. And yes. yeah, it was a good show for what it was. It was a good, it, it was a really good show. Like, but again, I, all the, all like, I remember you, Eugene, posting stuff at the back going, oh, my God. And I'm just like, <laughs> why was that a thing? It was a good episode. <laughs> like I, I didn't get this question, but it was a really well written show. John Favreau is an amazing writer and director. He's he's awesome, and he's really found his niche. Yes. Yeah, that Absolutely. man will never have to worry about work for the rest of his life. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, the man has done everything from you know Iron Man to mm-hmm. fucking Chef. Chef, Chef yeah. is a fantastic show and movie. Yeah. Um, you know, he fucking did Iron Man. You know, he's, he's kind of like one of the original architects for the whole, you know, MCU. Uh, <laughs> fucking directed and was also in, um, um, or not directed, but wrote, uh, uh, Elf. Yeah. And, and, and this, it's like, you talk about a hell of a, hell of a guy. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's super talented. But yeah, it was very, and it was fun watching with, um, with Logan. Logan's like me in terms of, fandom like she's kind mm-hmm. of i know a little bit more than her um but with like quinn loved it yeah um you 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 two are more in it than we are but oh yeah, yeah. but it was a fun show for us to watch every week like it was we don't get to watch a whole lot of stuff together because we have very different tastes all four of us so it was nice it kind of feels like they're retconning the last three movies a bit we'll see i don't know i just they some of the things that they're hinting at, it's like, are we are we gonna get different movies or are we just gonna say episode eight, seven, eight, nine are what they are? We're gonna forget about that. And we're gonna have fun with this. And we're gonna focus on this. My theory on that is like because essentially, you know, 
when they first came out, everyone thought the prequels were stinkers. Everyone thought they were garbage. And, or the most people did. Yeah. But after you watch the Clone Wars, like, they're actually decent movies. They're not, I mean, yeah, the acting's still pretty bad in them, but that's, that is what it is. But the storyline actually is very interesting. Like, my brother is actually flat out said, yeah, the prequels are kind of my favorite part now just because I got so invested in Clone Wars. Because uh, he also grew, you know, he also went through that with his boy and, you know, his his daughter. And so they really latched onto that. And, you know, that made it really special for him. Um, I have to say, going back and watching them, like, yeah, the prequels, I have more affection for those movies than I did. I was never a hater of the prequels, but I definitely have more affection for them. And I think what's going to happen is as they go forward, they're going to start filling in that extra information that we didn't get with the sequel movies. Yeah. And so I don't know if they'll retcon them, but I think they will fill in enough information that when we go back and watch them, we'll be like, oh, that's why that was a thing. That's why I actually care about that person now. Yeah. I mean, so we we'll, technically still don't know how the First Order even formed. Right. We haven't got to that yet. There. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to all the everything <laughs> at this point. At this point, just let uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni just, you know, give them the, the the reins and let them go. Yeah, what they want. Much like so. they've done to the MCU, right? Yes, like yes. The At this point, everything needs to tie in together. It needs to be double checked and referenced, and mm-hmm. so it's yep. nice and cohesive. So, but anyway. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our picks and pans real quick. Since we're already at almost the two-hour mark, we'll just make this quick. <laughs> I'm going to jump in real quick and say even though uh, they were smaller get-togethers, uh, I'm going to pull the heartstring one this time and just say uh, it was nice being able to be around what family and friends that I have been able to. So, uh, you know, it's been a shit year. Really can't wait for it to be over. Not that, you know, it's going to magically turn Midnight and everything's going to get better, but hopefully we're on the upswing, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, just being able to spend time with friends and family during the holiday season was nice. So, uh, Ray? Uh, I'm going to say the same um, uh, in the way of uh, thankful for, you know, family that I was able to reach out to and talk to. And um, we, even though it was short and quick visits and distant visits, uh, thankful that they have them, and I'm thankful for neighbors because our neighbors are they are awesome. awesome. Our neighbors are cool. <laughs> very lucky to have them. Yeah. yeah, so good deal, Chris. Um, so I pan. Well, it's more of a pet peeve. We watched Wonder Woman '84. Oh yeah. Okay. As You're not gonna spoil it, are you? No, no, no spoilers. As a woman, because this is across the board. Anytime there is a woman action figure. They put her in fucking heels. No woman can run like that in heels without rolling an ankle. Quit doing it. Put us in combat boots. Put us in some nice sneakers. You don't need to put us in wedges. Stop with the wedges. Just because they look less like heels, don't do it. Unless there is a reason for the character to legitimately be in heels like uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character in Jurassic World. That made sense because she was she a She had a T-Rex. Yeah. In her damn heels. Because that woman lived in heels. It's like Victoria Beckham. She wears heels constantly. Of course she'd be in heels. But don't put Wonder Woman in wedges, please. Like, just, I can't. She's pulling up without them. She's five foot ten <laughs> on her own. 
Like, <laughs> and then because they did it to Black Widow, they did it to Gamora, they've they've done it to basically every single superhero actress. They have put her in wedges, and it drives me. And everything is fitted in skin tight, and it just drives me nuts. I can't do it because every time I'm like, she'd, she'd roll an ankle if she was really running that fast. She'd be down. She'd be down on crap because she'd roll an ankle. Just, they're not sensible shoes for running. That wouldn't be very running. wondrous, though. It would be. However. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, what about you? Uh, not prepared for this. Uh, yeah, just it, it was a nice holiday, even though I didn't get to go see my family, but uh, made a last minute decision to go see them on New Year's. So that's going to be nice, even for it was for a couple days. Um I have not gone so long uh, without seeing any members of my family uh, before. Uh, if it hadn't been, unfortunately, when my grandmother passed away about a month and a half ago, I wouldn't have seen my parents at all this entire year because of what's going on. So, uh, you know, so it's kind of, I guess, a pick and a pan and mm-hmm. all in one kind of thing, you know, but uh, yeah. Good deal. Sean, what about you? Um, the uh, pick was a smaller Christmas, but it was nice. Um, didn't have all the family, but it was, it was still good and it was quiet. Pan is I got to go to work in a couple days, but uh, <laughs> oh, well, I got to pay the piper, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, that is our show for Actually, this year, ladies and gentlemen, this will be the last thing that we produce for 2020. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> as always, you can find us at epicallygeeky.com. You can find all the shows there as well. Uh, Epically Geeky, Marginally Geeky, Creatively Geeky, and Sustainably Geeky. And the other one that we still haven't done one, which, you know, Procrastinators. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, is yeah. that a I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Let's talk. Um, yeah. Um. And then you can find us on social media at Epically Geeky. Uh, where can we find you online? Right. Uh, the Reluctant Yeti on Instagram, Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Good deal. Chris? Uh, you can find me here um, and all the shows that you mentioned, except for Procrastinators, because I don't know how to play video games. And on Instagram at uh, Rosen Hummingbird. Joseph? I am Joseph Morales on literally all the things. Good deal. John? Uh, most of the geeky shows except that sustainably one. Uh, I'm not allowed there anymore. And, uh, yeah, your favorite broken toy on Instagram and uh, Facebook and whatever. I'm around. Good deal. <laughs> Uh, and as always, you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 